hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Read between the lines. This is a Josh thing. Because he comes up to me and he goes, um, so what, what, where, where are we going? I said, we're going to do a series on the parables. And then his, and he's like, oh, I got a good tagline. And he goes, read between the lines. I said, oh, I like it. Okay, so we're going to go with read between the lines. So if you're having coffee at Mahi, whatever, and you're, you're just talking to people and you're like, hey, so my pastor's doing read between the lines. What's that? Oh, it's a study on the parables. So... Um, I had a 1991 Volkswagen Golf, white. My kids called it Snowy from the white dog in Tintin. Do you remember that? And um, it was uh, standard, manual uh, um, transmission. I hadn't learned, uh, I had learned how to drive a manual, tra- Shaman, this is for you. This is all about uh, driving. Okay, so I hadn't learned a transmission standard uh, since my army days. So here I am, one of my youth workers said, oh, I have a car, you want a car? We'll take it out of the barn. It came down to the island and it was full of moss and hay and it was, it was nasty. I cleaned Snowy up and I started driving this 1991 Volkswagen Golf. I think everyone should own an older car like this. Ever had a car like a 1991 Volkswagen? Yeah, John does, and a few people, okay. It's one of those cars where it's a great car to learn from. If it has a couple of dings, moss, gross smells, my heater didn't work, so a lot of white foam came out of the vents. It's one of those kinds of cars. So I'm learning, and where I lived was a lot of hills, not like here, very flat. I wouldn't have had this accident here. So I'm, I'm on a hill, and I've got my, <clears throat> my right foot on the brake, and, I'm, and, I, and some people are going, oh, I know where this is going. Um, and then I was ready for the clutch, I'm like, and it had a really uh, sloppy clutch. Can I say that? Is that the right terminology, Luke? Okay, so sloppy clutch. clutch. And so anyways, I rolled. I did not add gasoline to this, but I was on a hill, and there was this hunk of junk brown car that had a massive trailer hitch on it. So I rolled, legally rolled, I'm pointing the camera, rolled in by gravity alone into the guy's hitch. And it was just, you know, it's the slowest thing. It's like, oh. And I get outside, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, man, don't worry about it, man. It's like, there's no, he had this massive titanium hitch that stood out from his $500 car. And I looked at my bumper torn to pieces. So he's like, don't worry about it. And he drove off. See, our core values is belong, believe, become. Just like our core values at the church, we see how parables make a connection to our lives, our application. Parables of Jesus intimately connects us to him, to the kingdom of God. Another thing I was watching last night, I watch YouTube videos. I don't know if you do that. It's good sermon um, prep for me. I like watching this guy. um, He's a woodworker. And so he does one of these videos where I'm going to build a white oak uh, coffee table. And so he does the whole thing, and, uh, but you don't hear it. You hear the voiceover of him doing this project. 
And at the end, you know, he's talking so confidently about how he's, you know, planing the wood. And then he's, he's putting it through and, and gluing and screwing and tightening everything up. And then he's making a template. And, and you feel drawn into the story of making this amazing, uh, very low white oak coffee table. And at the end, he says, look, the plans are in the description. If you want to build it, I'm not holding it. Like, everything is for you. And what ends up happening is you're drawn into this narrative. At whatever area of expertise you are, I'm not a master craftsman. But at the end of that video, I felt I could do it. I'm like, I could do this. I could make a coffee table. But I need a planer and a sander and a table saw. And I need this and this and this and this and this. So what the carpenter does in these videos is very smart and have understanding. See, for me, I have somewhat of an understanding of woodworking skills, but I could still watch the video and get a lot out of it. I'm like, that's an amazing project, and how you voiced over and how you, sh you shared how you do the steps was inviting. I felt like I belonged in the story. But, you know, a person like Mark Croker, I don't know if he, he's here, but Mark Croker is a master craftsman. He would be able to go, yeah, I've built these tables. But he'd still be able to watch it and go, oh, but I like what he did there. That's solid. That's a, that's a, tip, that's a tips and tricks. I, I never knew about that. Watching this video about the coffee table being built was amazing. It kept me in the same connection with Jesus and the parables. He's taking huge, theologically rich ideas or a framework of, of the kingdom and the kingdom of God. And, and here he's got Gentiles or non-believers. And then he, on the other flip side, he's got Pharisees or re religious leaders. And pragmatically and practically through this kind of storytelling, everyone has an access point to belong. They enter into the story this creates a new sense of belonging, a sense of being drawn into the story, entry level, like watching that coffee table being built. You just feel like, you can do this. You could do this. And then number two is believe. Believe or belief is our second core value at South City. You know, these parables that Jesus uses connects us, every single one of us, to the area of belief. There's not one parable that just is a story that Jesus tells and goes, all right, you could just take that one to the bank. And we're all sitting there going, what? That has no connective tissue. How does this interconnect? Like belonging, belief is at any level and every level. You could be a non-believer or Gentile or a strong believer and have doubts about the Jewish teachings, very much like Nicodemus did, Either person was going to get challenged in the parable. And how they come into it theologically will be at whatever watermark they're at. None of the parables that Jesus used, you know, makes you feel ashamed. Read that as that lens. When you read about the parable of the lost coin or the lost son, he doesn't challenge that story saying, you feel ashamed for reading this. Well, the parable of the good Samaritan, when even the religious leaders are trying to trap, entrap him with this story, he turns it around and says, 
who is your neighbor? Well, let me tell you a story about this Samaritan. For the Gentile or a person of little belief, they will hear this parable and they can access it. They can unpack it theologically for the first time. I read that when I was a, a new believer. I remember reading the parable of, you know, the good Samaritan and going, this thing is the best thing. This is like someone passing me a New York cheesecake and going, here's your fork. No one's getting a slice. You eat the whole thing. I know that sounds disgusting, but that's, I, I love it. Or for the seasoned, you know, follower, the educated believer, they can still hear the, the, the parable for the, probably the 80th time and go, oh, but I didn't know about that. Isn't that amazing how the Word of God is like that? Where you could, so you could come in and see in the sign of the church, John Thwaites or Reverend John Thwaites or whoever, whoever it is, saying, preaching on parable of a son. You don't drive by and go, ah, heard it. Let's go see what Second Baptist has. Like, they can go in going, oh, maybe there's going to be something. It's a true story. You'd be praying for the people of Alaska, actually. They just had an 8.2 uh, Richter scale earthquake in the Aleutian Islands. But we were up there on this small wee island called Kodiak Island. Yes, right, Lowy, there are Kodiak bears on Kodiak Island. They'll, they'll rip you in three. So we were on Kodiak Island. We, we, we were asked to come and preach at the, uh, the American Baptist Church in Kodiak. So we got up there, and I preached on shepherds and that Jesus was the good shepherd and how the shepherd will build a, a small um, kind of stone yard and make a little hut, and he would have just a piece of leather draped as a door, and, and, and sheep, if they were cold or sick or, or hurt, that they could crawl into that little hut and sleep beside on the breast of the shepherd. And that was, that was the intimacy that Jesus was trying to convey in that picture. I had people who came up to me, because in Alaska, because it's Kodiak and Kodiak bears, there's not a lot of sheep. They get eaten. It's not a sustainable crop. So they had no context to sheep. So they were like, boo, I never thought of that. That's amazing. Thank you. I've been a Christian for 95,000 years, and I've never heard that you, that's what they would do. I don't have National Geographic on my phone and know that, but you brought something brand new to a parable or a teaching that I've read a thousand times. Belief. And then finally, become. Last, the value is to become. So in the parables, because they're so basic and so illustrative, we have the ability to use them as Jesus did to share the gospel in a way that people can understand and make decisions for salvation. That's, all these amazing parables are connective to one thing, kingdom, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. So many of these parables connect with issues surrounding the kingdom and how we need to care for our open world. This creates a, a becoming, a strong and vibrant new life in Christ for a world that is in desperate need of Jesus and kingdom, Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Areas of how we take care of our money, how we take care of our neighbors, and other social issues are covered in the context of parables. These make us better. They become us. We embody these parables because they ring, sing, and sting. Categories. I'm going to have category number one. A.M. Hunter in his book, The Parables, Then and Now, breaks them. Now, there's so many different ways of categorizing these many, many parables. And I know I have actually intentionally left out some of these. But in, in Hunter's book, he says the first one is the coming and growth of the kingdom. That's uh, of wheat. Number two, the grace of the kingdom. Category number two. So you've got the two debtors, the lost, oh, is it up yet? Oh, yeah, okay. The waiting father, the Pharisees and the publican, the unforgiving debtor, the good employer. Number three, category three, the men of the kingdom. So you have the tower builder and the warring king, treasure trove and precious pearl, the disobliging neighbor and the callous judge, the farmer and his men and the two builders. And lastly, the crisis of the kingdom, the way to court, the great supper, the talents, the unjust steward, the ten bridesmaid, and the owner's son. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to look at the last category, the crisis of the kingdom. We're going to look at Luke chapter 12, 54 to 59. Luke 12, 54, 59, it's on the screen. Actually, I've put the whole thing up there. It's an amazing uh, for you. It's actually a shorter piece of scripture. And here we go. Is it up yet? Oh, the, 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 way to, the way to court, that's what it's called. There we go. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites, Know how you interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Here's the parable. And why do you not judge for yourself what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer then to put you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid every last penny. I hit the guy's bumper. He drove away. I'm sitting there with my bumper laying on the ground, some, like, some wounded soldier. I throw the bumper. I think I threw the bumper into the back seat, and I drove home. I fixed it with uh, cable ties. Is that what you guys, cable ties, zip ties? So it looked like it had, it was Jerry, a very Kiwi thing to do. I jerry-rigged it. I made it, I, she'll be all right, and I made it happen. I didn't buy a new bumper. And so here I'm, I'm sitting there, and then about, no, no joke, maybe like two months later, I get a knock on the door. This lady came up to the door and said, hi. Are, this is dangerous, right? Especially for a pastor. They're like, are you John Thwaites? Oh, you know that moment you're just kind of going, yeah, let me go get him. And then you go to your wife, go, 
do you know what's going on? No, I didn't do that. I went up and said, she said, are you John Thwaites? I said, yes, you've been served. I said, oh, John. I'm like, served what? I've never been, you guys do that in this country? Yeah, so they serve you papers. You are being sued. I say, oh man, I'm like the local pastor getting sued. What is going on? What? And then, of course, because I have had to uh, temper my preaching over the years, what did I say? <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is before, like, online. So I'm going, I only had about 60, 90 people. So something I said has caught me in the crosshairs of a lawsuit. So I open up the document. You know, they're blue in Canada. You swipe the seal, and, and then he goes, good, you're John Thwaites. And then, then she left. And here I am being sued for uh, a neck injury from the, the gentleman that I hit two months ago and that he's claiming um, irre irrefutable pain for the rest of his life and it's millions of dollars. Like, you're talking to the wrong guy for money. I'm like, at best I could pray for you, bro. Like, that's, that's it. You and Chris was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, what just happened? I, and I'm like, I'm yelling. I'm like, I rolled into his bumper. Roll, rolling, roll up the rim. I was just rolling into his bumper. And Chris was like, I know, I know. So no joke, I don't know, I didn't, I, I don't know what I did. There was a number for, our insurance is public in BC, so the insurance company of British Columbia, ICBC. So I phoned up and they're like, oh, Mr. Thwaites, thank you for calling. Yes. We don't believe this guy's claim, zero oh, percent. We're going to fight on your behalf. Ah, but you still need to get interviewed, and a, a pr private investigator will come. And William Barclay reminds us that the Jews of Palestine were weather-wise. This is context, right? That, you know, for these people in Palestine, weather was a part of their life breath. They, they needed to know if they could go safely out to the water to fish if they're going to be able to do farming. So Jew, for these Jews, this is, this is kind of their own thermo, thermometer, their barometer to what, life. So here Jesus uses this preamble, this parabolic kind of preamble saying, guys, seriously, you, you can't keep your head in the sand. You guys are able to look at the, the weather and determine how to do life, but you're missing something. It's called the kingdom. The kingdom is coming. Thy will be done. It's coming right now, and you're missing out. I was uh, Google searching something, not YouTubing, Google searching something. And I remember seeing this image of, in, I think it's in Pennsylvania, the Amish people. I don't know if you know the Amish people. But the Amish people are a people that have chosen to live in a more kind of colonial time. They, they, they still uh, use uh, carts and horse, and, and they still make, they churn their own butter. Like, they, that's what they do. They choose this life. But I love this one image I saw. Was, uh, there was a picture of the, the, the horse-drawn carts and this guy wearing a, the big black hat and a Tesla driving right beside it. <laughs> and just like... I, and not to say you've missed out, but it's almost like, guys, look around. This is at the level of like technology we're at. We have self-driving electric vehicles driving by your <laughs> horse-drawn carts. 
<laughs> Being sued and having a lawsuit brought against me. This is the parable that it says. And he says, he goes, I, I rolled into this car and all of a sudden now I have to do something. I didn't just go, well, I'll just let ICBC finish the case. Every day I was phoning, hi, it's me again, reference number 4544723, A, B, C, D, and you know it's me. And they're like, oh, hey. I said, I fixed it. Oh, don't worry. These guys know how people have fixed their cars. I'm like, oh, you'll see. So the guy came in and he just sat down with his little iPad on his hand. He's like, oh, hey, sounds good. Hey, let's take a look. Oh, it looks like you tried to fix it yourself, hey? I'm like, that's good for us. So he click, 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 and just took all these pictures. He goes, that's enough for me. I said, that's it? He goes, oh, yeah, that guy's claim is like a goose egg. It's zero. There's nothing to it. I said, oh, okay. So then I'm at work, and this person knocks on the door. Oh, my gosh, it's happening again. Are you Jonathan Waits? Now I'm, like, freaking out, going, I don't want to be. Please. It's not fun anymore. Are you Jeff Waits? I said, yes. It's like, I'm the private investigator sent by, uh, by ICBC to investigate this claim. Can I interview you? And I'm like, well, of course you can. I'm like, yeah. can I get a cup of coffee, tea, juice, Coke, Diet Coke, Fanta, Sprite, 7-Up, you know, espresso, some kind of latte, you know, cappuccino, dirty chai, just on and on. And she's like, no, I'll just sit. So she went and grilled me and said, and I had all the documents, I had pictures. And she said, we'll be in touch. I said, don't call us, we'll call you. But you've done all that you can do, John. See, that's what this, this parable is saying. Are, have you done everything that in your power in the natural realm to, to, to deal with this, this problem? What is the dilemma? What is the crisis of the kingdom? Is that you're, these people are going to a world, there is no kingdom. There's, there's this urgency to agency. There's an urgency that, that there are people that are dying without knowing Jesus. And so you got this life, you know, y y YOLO, right? You know, like young, one life. Like, like you just got one life to live. And he's like, but as you're going towards this court, what are you doing? Don't bury your head into the sand like the Pharisees were. On the way, you are constantly closer. And I, I say this not to be a fatalist, but you are constantly closer to your end. The parable reminds us of the sense of urgency that we have as humans on this plane of existence that you have a 100% chance that you will die. No laughter on that. Okay, these are the jokes, people. Oh, tough crowd. Okay. In one day, this is what your body does in one day. Your human body can replace 20 million cells in just a few seconds, which means over a lifetime, your body produces a lot of hair, a lot of blood, saliva, and skin. Here's another thing. Our bodies shed a whole layer of outer skin like a snake, Every two to four weeks, mmm, that's delicious, your liver can regenerate itself, sort of like how a starfish re regenerates lost limbs. A healthy human can lose 65% of their liver and ultimately be okay since it will grow back over in a few months. We cannot stay 
in one place and hope that it'll be fine. I was, I was watching on YouTube that there's a type of Japanese people that they just live in their homes. I don't remember the term. Do you know what the term is? I can't remember. But these, these people choose to live in their house. They never go outside. And you, you know? Okay, that. Thank you. <laughs> I cannot say that. But they, they live as like, like hermits in their homes. And they don't let anything come in. And everything, because in Japan, everything can be delivered. This is their life. But I'm telling you, they're going to die. They're, you cannot just be in stasis and go, I'm good. Nothing is going to affect me. It's a lie. So as you are moving, as you're breathing, and as you're shedding skin cells, and your liver is regenerating, the parable says, what are you doing with the things of God. It says our sin so easily separates us completely from Jesus. So when we move through our life, the accuser so desperate wants us to be fixed on our navel. He wants us to be looking in and not over our shoulder. I was at this... Um, this, how, this food bank, this, this street mission, and we were all standing in a circle, and someone was presenting what this, it was called Our Place, what Our Place was all about. They have showers for people, they have um, drug, like, drug help for detox, they have housing upstairs. And the, the, the reverend, the guy that, that, that kind of started the whole thing, he came into the middle of the circle. He says, let me just tell you what... What so much of the church is doing most of the time is, everyone look at your belly button. I said, that's what the church is doing most of the time. Now what I want you to do is turn around and look out. Look out these amazing windows at all the people lining up every single day to just get a meal. Be aware of your wider world and the kingdom that is in crisis. See, the crisis in the parable is that the Jews and the religious Pharisees were so fixated on their identity and their worth being valued by how pious their devotion was to the law. And Jesus is coming with this crazy, almost scandalous version of grace. A grace through faith. The free gift of salvation. Have you made peace with your God before you come to the judge? You have an advocate, which is the Holy Spirit. It is never too late to make a decision to follow Jesus. Amen? So don't let the things around you cloud or cut into your race, as Paul would say. Don't let them just zoom by you and you become the spectator of your own life. Indiana Jones and, the, and uh, that, that third one, I think it was called The Search of the Holy Grail. Do you, that's, I think, the best one. And it was, what, what is it? The Search of the Holy Grail. What, what is the third one? Indiana Jones. Okay. And Last Crusade. There you go. No, 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 no. Last Crusade. You people, I tell you. So anyways, there's a part where this guy is, he's fighting a guy behind a boat and the propeller is about to munch him up. I don't know if you've ever seen that. 
And these guys are trying to protect the Holy Grail. And he, he, he points to his chest. He's got this amazing kind of like cross tattoo. And he's about to get munched by this big propeller. And he says this iconic thing to Indiana Jones. My soul is prepared. How is yours? I remember even watching that as a, as a younger man going, ooh, isn't that just the one that just gets you? That stings a bit. My soul is prepared. He's ready to die for what he believes and get killed by this spinning propeller blade. Horrible death. But he just surrenders and said, India, Dr. Jones, my soul is prepared. I've tried to deal everything up to when I get to the judge. I have peace with God. Do you? So I get the paperwork from ICBC, the insurance company of British Columbia, and um, it says, in essence, there's no claim on you. You've done everything that you can. You've provided all the documentation. You've shown yourself approved. There's, we don't find any kind of offense in you. Your claim is being covered. All your legal fees are covered. We are going to chase this man down and make this guy pay. And I never heard about this case ever again. It had been taken care of before it even got to the judge. Guys, I'm just encouraging you, don't let it get to the judge. Do everything in your power in this life right now to have peace with God. Don't let the things of God just go right by you. Don't hermit yourself in your apartment and go, if I'm just here, I'm safe. You're not. Live life. Seize the day. But make sure your life is prepared before the Lord. As we continue on with these parables, I'm going to hopefully have some that will ring, sing, and hopefully sting you. But I'm just going to invite the band up and just, we're going to stand right now as we just finish off with prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. There is that urgency to agency, that, that we have the ability to, to change things in our life. And this is a great parable for us. Just stand right now. And we just ask that, God, you would just move in your power and your presence in and through our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this church, that our soul is prepared, and it's prepared and it's in peace before you, Lord. We thank you, Father, and we just we thank you for this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.